one to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Well, you know and I know that uh, after we trust Christ as Savior, we can get very busy serving the Lord, doing the things that we're supposed to do. And the Bible says, uh, be not weary in well-doing. I wonder why I put that in there. Because it's possible to become weary in well-doing. We get tired and weary. But um, I want to talk to you about this little subject tonight. You'll see the subject is, we are reward-motivated people. And remember this. Whatever we do, most cases we do everything that we do for rewards. What am I going to get out of this? Whether you're saved or lost, you do it for a reward. You're doing it for something. You want to get something for whatever you do. Why do you go to work? Because you want something. What? You want the paycheck. Why do you want a paycheck? You want to buy your house. You want to buy a car. You want to put some money aside. You want to take a vacation. You've got to earn things. So that's what makes people have to work. But the biggest thing is trying to decide whether or not you're going to work for temporary rewards or eternal rewards. And being a citizen of two worlds, we've got to get a balance in our life. It'd be neat just to serve the Lord if I didn't have this old body I've got to drag around. It still wants to eat. It wants to sleep. It you know, gets tired and weary and has pains and then falls apart and then head hurts and the foot hurts and the leg hurts and there's just no end to it. But wouldn't it be neat if we could just serve the Lord without the body? But the only problem is then we can't stay here. We have to go someplace else. But anyway, look at the top of it. We have eternal salvation. That's now. And we got it. And it's free. We will have eternal rewards. That's for service. But I want you to look there in your notes. Because I want you to see how often the Lord, even whether it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, before Christ died, after Christ died, there's a lot of talk about rewards. And we should not lose the emphasis as that being a great motivating power in our life. Because there's a reason why God offers us rewards. Because we do get weary in well-doing. And we have all kinds of problems that come up trying to get us to stop serving the Lord. Not to love the Lord or not to love people. Not to love the ministry. So look at uh, Matthew 5 in verse 11. We won't go too fast, but just I want you to look at the verse. And you can mark it in your Bible 
a little bit later. But Matthew 5 and verse 11 says this, Blessed are ye. Now we know that the word blessed can also mean happy. And if a Christian learned how to think properly, we could be happy a lot more than we're sad. Now in this life, we ought to be sad about a lot of things. But we're also thinking about the next one. We're a citizen of two countries. In this world, in this country, we have responsibilities. Government wants to be supported. They get supported by taxes. So they want people to go to work. And that's why they call us human resources. It's like a man having a farm and he's got some trees that he can harvest. Or he's got some groceries that he can get out of the garden. And corn and wheat and oats and barley and all that kind of stuff. They got some resources to live off of. Well, governments live off of people. And we are the human resources. And then, of course, the more money you make, the more they want to tax. And so, therefore, they, they want you to keep working and keep making some more money so they can get more taxes from you. But that's what government does. And so, while we're in this world, we've got to remember, render unto the government what belongs to the government. And render unto God what belongs to God. We don't have a Caesar. We don't have kings ruling over us. They don't own us. We even put a constitution up there, and those are the chains that we put up on Congress so that they can't overstep their boundary. Aren't we glad of that? They never want to overstep their boundary. But look at the first verse there. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you, falsely. Now, is that possible? Are we going to live in a world where this is going to be done? So it's going to be done, and as Jesus says, for my sake. In other words, here you are, you know the Lord, you love the Lord, and you just want to please the Lord. And, and then there's people. And people don't always like or love or appreciate anything you say and do. So you're going to have some people that will pat you on the back, good job, and the other ones are patting you on the back, trying to find where they're going to put the knife. Look at the next part. Rejoice, rejoice. Well, sometimes it's hard to rejoice. But look what he says. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. And get this. And you ought to underline this. This is so important. For great is your reward down here. No. Not here. When is God going to reward you? When you get there. And so you tolerate a lot of things down here. I've lived long enough to know that I'd sure like to get even with a lot of people. But I've found out that the best way I can handle some of my critics is just outlive them. Because I feel like anybody who's a very bad, mean old critic is going to ruin their health. And so if I stay merry and happy and rejoicing and exceeding glad, I'll stay healthier longer and I'll outlive them. Now, isn't that a good way to think? For so, get this, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So if they did it to them, they that live godly are going to suffer what? You're going to be persecuted. It means unjustly. It's not going to be right. Look at Luke 6, 22. Blessed are ye happy when men shall hate you. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll be honest with you. I really don't like anybody hating me. I wish everybody loved me because I love them. I really don't know anybody I hate. I don't know anybody I got a grudge against. But that doesn't mean that other people don't have them toward us or toward you. 
Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. In other words, they don't want you to be part of their group. This is us four and no more and they don't want you. I never had to worry about losing my friends. (laughs) I didn't have to separate from them. They left me. And I decided to serve the Lord. I didn't leave them. They left me. Now get this. And shall reproach you and cast out your name as what? As evil. For the Son of Man's sake, rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. Now, would somebody like to demonstrate what it means to leap for joy? You're, you're young. Can you stand right there and just leap for joy? How do you leap for joy? Yeah, go ahead. Give, give me a demonstration. You got a bad ankle? Jan leaped for joy and he broke his ankle. He did not. But he says, leap for joy. Why are you leaping for joy? Because somebody badmouthed me. Now, that's a different attitude than what we would think, right? Now, get the last part of this. For behold, and here's that statement again. Your reward is what? Great. Not just getting a reward. Your reward is great. When the Bible says this in the book of um, Romans in chapter 8. For the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be hereafter. In other words, the sufferings now, you can't compare it with what you're going to get. God is saying, what you go through here, you can't compare with the reward I'm going to give you. You're going to be so happy, so glad that you were persecuted for the Lord. And maybe you didn't get even and maybe it wasn't right and they accused you false and all kinds of things. But you're going to be so glad. One of the things that I hate when people I see that do the wrong. Because if you love them, you don't want them to miss out on that joy. But if they're mean and ugly and unkind, they're going to miss out on a lot of rewards they could have had. And so for their sake, I wish everybody would just love the Lord and serve the Lord. Don't you? Because when you want the best for them, you don't want them to miss out on all the reward that they could have had. Look at the next statement. Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Uh, what's the purpose of not laying up treasure upon the earth? Because you can what? Because you can lose it. What's the advantage of laying up treasures in heaven? Because you, you can't lose it. See, there's a difference. Temporary rewards are permanent, eternal reward. Now, which one would you rather have? So if you serve man and he praises you, and that's why you did it, to be seen of men, so when they give you all that praise, honor, and glory, then you got your reward, God says. But if you do it for him, you're going to have to wait a while. That's patience. And so that teaches you to have patience with all the people who want to do you wrong and say wrong things against you. Because it's going to happen. But if you don't know how to think, it can get you down. Because I've had just a little bit of everything happen. I don't know if anything else can happen that I haven't experienced. But it's okay, Lord. You don't have to. I mean, not full force, you know. I used to have a different attitude. Lord, let her rip. Bring it on. <laughs> well, after about 59 years of being slapped hither and thither, I uh, well, I'm kind of mellowed a little bit. Look at the next one. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. 
But look at verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust of corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Laying up things in heaven so that you can't lose it. I've heard people say that, uh, you know, you can lose your rewards once you've earned them. I don't believe that. Otherwise, the only value I would have in my whole life is to serve the Lord the minute before I die. So I can't live long enough to lose them. I used to tell people this. I thought I'd do these good deeds and I laid up some treasure. Then I had a bad day and God said, okay, that cost you. They take them away. So the next day I do something good. I got me some more rewards. Next day somebody made me mad. Oh, he just took them away and I lost them again. So the only way I can want to have any rewards is to do a whole bunch of good deeds then blow my brains. I get up there and get them before I lose them. Now that ain't going to work either. And so I find out that I believe that when he says, you shall in no wise lose your reward. What's the purpose of laying up treasure in heaven? And you do that as you go. It's not that I do all this stuff for the Lord. And then right before I die, I send them up. Here they are, come Lord. I'm going to hit enter and send them my email. And there's all my rewards. I finally got them up there. So I can't lose them, see. No, we, we send them on ahead as we go. By the works that we do. I was told this. That the mansion you're going to have in heaven, that Lord is building it according to the materials you send. And so if, if you send up a lot of hay and wood and stubble and a couple of little pieces of gold, silver and precious stone, well, you're not giving him much to work with to build you that mansion you want when you get to heaven. So that might be why he hasn't taken you yet, because he hasn't got his place ready for you yet. Now, I don't know if I buy that. But it sounds good, though. It sounds like good preaching, but I just don't have a chapter and verse to prove it. All right, look at the next statement. Right in the middle, the bold. You're going to live for rewards either here or there, either temporary or eternal. You have to make up your mind. Who do you serve? Why do you serve? Look at the next scripture. Matthew 16, 26 says, For what is a man profited? Lord, because even when you study James chapter 2, it says, What shall it profit, my brethren? What shall it profit? And shall faith save him? Faith alone save him? And the answer is, no, faith does not save you. When you're talking about service. Because God's going to reward you according to your works, not according to your faith. Now, you cause a work according to your faith, but no works, no rewards. Salvation is free. That's what you have because of what he did. His work got us free salvation. Rewards are laid up in heaven because of what you do for the Lord. And if you don't do anything for the Lord, you still show up because of his work, but you don't have the rewards that you could have had. So when you understand it, it helps tremendously. Look at Matthew 16. And get this. If he gains the whole world and lose his own soul, it's talking about losing your life, the purpose of your life. If a man seeks to save his life for his own sake, then he loses his life. But if you lose your life for his sake, you save your life. Because your life is to be lived for the Lord. And if you don't live it for the Lord, then you just wasted your life. And time is what life is made of. So when you waste time, you waste life. So the next part of this verse says, For the Son of Man shall come in his glory of his Father with his angels. And then look at that. Then he shall reward Every man according to what? See, it's not based upon what somebody else does. It's not based upon how they think or feel about you. It's how you respond. 
And God will reward you accordingly. That's why even people that I know that don't like me too well sometimes, I just smile and act like, man, I don't know anything. They've never hurt me in their life. I can go with it. Big deal. And I'll smile at them, shake their hand, act like nothing's ever happened. Because in my mind, I got a different mindset than their mindset. And it doesn't matter what they're thinking. It's a matter what I think. And it'll help you tremendously. Look at the next statement. Revelation 2.10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm always afraid of things that can cause me suffering. Why? Because suffering is not my cup of tea. I would like not to have any form of suffering. Wouldn't you? Don't we sometimes think, well, if God's going to bless me, let him bless me by not having any problems. I don't want nothing to go wrong. Well, then how is he going to reward me? Reward me for what? What did I do that the lost man didn't do? If you did only what they do, then you didn't do anything different. That's mentioned in Matthew chapter 5. Then what, what should he reward you for? Because you didn't suffer for anything. You didn't go the extra mile. You didn't do anything special. And now as he says in the book of Luke, he says, when you have done all that you're supposed to do, simply say, I only did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> Don't get too far. Look at Revelation 2.10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. All the things that happen to us try our patience. It tries our faith. Where is this found? It's somewhere in the Bible. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold and silver, though be tried with fire, shall be found in the praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It's in the Bible someplace, right? First Peter. First Peter? Who said that? I did. First Peter. But it is First Peter chapter 1. So he makes the statement here. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Now stop and think about it. The only thing you need to learn from this is you're in this world... You're going to suffer. Fear not. You're going to be tried. God knows how long your tribulation is going to last. Be thou what? Be thou faithful. Unto what? How long should you be faithful? Until death. So you're not dead yet, right? And God knows the tribulations, the length of the tribulation. He knows everything that's coming down your path. He knows and then he says here in the last part of that verse, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't really care what it is. But whatever it is, I want it. I mean, whatever God has, I want it. Now, there's nothing wrong in wanting these rewards. Because God says we are reward-motivated people. It's just like, take the spiritual aspect out of this. Don't you want praise, honor, and glory from people? Yes, you do. You want to be loved. You want to be accepted. You want to be able to accomplish something. You want to have something. And you know that whatever you have, most times it's because you earned it. You worked for it the old-fashioned way. So you've got to work in order to get it. So you are reward-motivated people. The reason you were nice and kind to that girl that you saw, because you wanted her. You had a reason. There's a motive. So... You'd be surprised the reason you take this job or that job because it pays this money or that money. You want something. Everybody is like that. Everybody wants something. And everybody wants to know, well, what am I going to get out of that? I go to church on Wednesday night. What am I going to get out of this? 
I done heard everything he's ever known. I done heard him for 10 years. I mean, he ain't going to teach me nothing new. I can study the Bible on my own. You ever hear people say something? No, none of y'all ever said that. But I don't have to be faithful to the church. Why should I be faithful to the church? What's the church? You see, if you love God, you got to love the church. You say, I don't love the church. Then you don't love God. Ugh. That's too easy. That's too simple. So you see, there's, there's a reason. And God said, look, when you get to heaven, you're going to receive a great reward. It's going to be great. And you can't compare what little suffering we go through for this little bitty time. Somewhere in the Bible, it talks about this light affliction is but for a moment. Anybody remember where that verse is found? This light affliction. Corinthians. First Corinthians or second Corinthians? Second Corinthians. Chapter four. Very good. Now. Look at the next verse we have here, Revelation 2, 23. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the heart and gets it. I will give unto every one of you according to your works. You see why when people see all this here about according to your works, according to your works, you got to earn eternal life. They think you got to work your way to heaven. But they're not talking about how you're working your way to heaven. This is talking about those who are going to heaven by grace that was free. God's talking now about rewarding you for what you do for him while you're here. But heaven is not our reward because we didn't earn it. Look at the next verse. In Revelation 3, 11, Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. How can a man take my crown? I've often wondered whether or not if I don't do the job God wants me to do, he'll just get somebody else and they'll get the reward that I'm supposed to get. Now, there's a possibility it might be. But I also find out in the scriptures that God searched for a man and couldn't find somebody. I've often wondered, we've had sometimes in the past, you know, people that will leave their responsibility. And then well, God just automatically brings somebody else. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's ministries that sometimes have to close down because... The people won't take up slack. They won't do any responsibility. And yet they'll say, well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. And nobody else does. Radio ministry here. It costs us about $110,000, $120,000 a year. In 10 years, that's $1.2 million that we've raised for the radio broadcast since I've been here 10 years. That's a lot of money, ain't it? It's money that's gone, and there's nothing back from it. I mean, it's like water gone. But if we did it to reach souls, we won't know until we get to heaven to see the people. And they will be our reward. The results of all the labor, all the money that's spent. But if you look at it only from a natural man's point of view, what did we get for it? What did we get? You pay all this money. What did you get? You got nothing no substantial to show. Yeah, but it's, it's souls, it's people that'll be in heaven. And then when we get to heaven, great is your reward. And that's why these verses are in the Bible, because God knows it's so difficult for us living in this old body to maintain a certain mindset all your life. Because it's so easy to get tired and weary and worn. And because so many people are unfaithful, you think, well, why should I have to do all the work? I know you wouldn't think like that. 
what we could do if all of God's children were totally dedicated to the Lord. What if everybody kept serving the Lord? Just think what we could do. We could shake the world. But everybody doesn't. So you try to build a ministry and reach people on the temporary dedication of God's people. Because their work is not forever. It's temporary. And some people can last for a couple of years and then they're ready to quit. Somebody else lasts a couple of years and then they quit. Wouldn't it be great if everybody just stayed serving the Lord? But it doesn't work that way. Look at the next part. Revelation twenty-two twelve. And behold, I come quickly and get this. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now, whenever we die, we are going to the judgment seat of Christ where we're going to be rewarded. There's other people that when Christ comes back in power and great glory may get to rule in the kingdom upon the earth and they'll be receiving some of that reward, that inheritance at that time. Uh, Then he talks about in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, that the Lord is coming back and his reward is with him and he's going to reward. So there may be different times when God gives his reward. I don't know, don't care. But you see, since there's no night in heaven, it's just one long eternal day, we all get to heaven on the same day. And we'll all be rewarded the same day. But not necessarily the same time of the day. Thought I'd just throw it in there. Look down at the bottom of the page. 1 Corinthians 3.12 Now if any man build upon this foundation, and that foundation is Christ, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day, which is the day of Christ, at the judgment seat of Christ, shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the Bible talks about the eyes of the Lord as a flame of fire. You see, down here we see things through our eyes. When we get there, things are going to be looked at through his eyes. See, we think everything that we've done is all gold, silver, and precious stones. When God looks at it, he says, that's hay, wood, and stubble. And so it's not our sins. This is our works. This is what we said we did for the Lord. But God knows whether we did it or did not do it for the Lord. And if we did not do it for the Lord, then we got a lot of hay, wood, and stubble. So we may have a bonfire. So you might as well bring you some hot dogs and ketchup, mustard, and just go ahead and have a bonfire. But when you get to heaven and we stand at the judgment seat of Christ... And he rewards you according to what you have done. You see, it's to determine the sort of your works, not your sins. Sins have been forgiven. They'll never be brought up again. You're not going to heaven to be punished. You're going to be rewarded. And some people are not going to be rewarded because they didn't do what God wanted them to do with their life. Or they did what they did, which was a good thing to do, but they did it with the motive of I want the praise of men and they did it to be seen of men and they didn't do it for the Lord. Does God know our motive? That's why in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, he talks about the motive and the intent of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. Look at the next page. The top of that page there. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, and the only thing it can burn is a hay, wood, and stubble. Works that man did, but not for the honor and glory of the Lord. You can do the right thing 
for the wrong motive. Remember in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, if you can speak with the tongue of men and angels and you have not love, it profiteth you how much? Nothing. If you give your body to be burned and feed the poor, you did all those good things, but you have not love, you have nothing. Now you have the profit from down here. And it can be a good thing and people can benefit from it. But you didn't do it for the Lord. Does God know our real motive of why we do what we do? Yes. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.